0: Legends once told of a podcast lost now in the sea of time. These ancient recordings spoke of games and the arcane art of HTML5. Today, Jeff Blair and Matt Hackett bring these words back to life. It is Lost Cast, and may your ears receive it. Welcome to Lost Cast, episode 37. I'm Matt Hackett and i'm jeff blair does the number 37 mean anything to you jeff does it should it is yes. that how old i am uh, <laughs> no but next month you will be what 59 72 shut up <laughs> i'll, be, uh, I'll no. be
1: 33 i think yes it you will.
0: will that was uh, one of my favorite smashing pumpkin songs back in the day and I, I will be 33 soon after you uh so, no 37 is a uh kevin smith number it comes from um this the viewers universe <laughs> no, i'm not it, nearly as not,
1: big of a kevin smith fan as you are i guess no
0: i and i'm not nearly as big a fan as my wife she's a huge kevin smith fan and he has a podcast so if you like podcasts um it's very different from lost cast but it's called smodcast and uh anyway go look it up it's uh good stuff but this is about video games and uh and other things which we will discuss right meow
1: right meow so why don't you go through the topics that you just created for us great so uh this episode will be talking about uh our kickstarter just ended and we got funded so that's great can you hear me (laughs) applause Thundering applause. Thundering applause, yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about how we plan to distribute our alpha builds uh, on the Humble Store and also fill our Kickstarter backers on Humble Store. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about how uh, we're going to be doing some Dev Diary stuff on the podcast. Dear Diary, today That's I right. introduced five new bugs. That's Matt's diary. <laughs> and yeah, mine Andrew. Is, Today I fixed five of Matt's bugs. <laughs> Dear, anyway.
0: Dear Diary Day 2, today I made Crypt Run when twice as slow. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, Dear Diary, I hate Matt. <laughs> anyway. uh,
1: yes, um, we're also going to talk about some recent stuff that I've been working on with regards to Twitter, uh, OAuth, um, as a sign-in for our games. Uh, I've also been messing around with a Redis-powered leaderboard. Um, we're talking about a daily challenge feature. And then we're going to talk about uh, some other stuff related to Crip Run, um, what we're going to do with the web demo versus the alpha demo for backers. Uh, We're going to talk about a little bit of Realm of the Dead design. And then lastly, we're going to talk about um, some Wii U updates. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's start with the
0: Kickstarter is over. Uh, Boy, am I, I'm so happy to be able to say that. (laughs) 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 it It was way more stressful than I thought it would be. It, it's like oh, yeah. a lot of it just affected my daily behavior. like i was I was just attached to my phone. I, I couldn't do anything for for days at a time other than just respond to messages and like make little tweaks and update stuff and like try to tweet and Facebook and get the word out. And like I just I couldn't relax and I couldn't work on the game. It was a really stressful month,
1: and that's saying something because you and I are the kind of guys who normal people would think are attached to their phone anyways
0: yeah that's true like i've always pretty much always got it on me but this was different this was like i wouldn't even leave the room Uh, i have to take the phone with me and i don't normally do that like when when i'm working from home i will i mean which is every day you know i will leave the computer and i'll go and like make lunch and sit on the balcony for a bit and watch some tv and just kind of relax and get away and i come back and there's almost always like some you know email and crap waiting for me but this was different I, i i couldn't I couldn't do it. If I'd be sitting there watching TV for a minute, or, or eating lunch for five minutes, I'd just be walking around the house, and I would invariably just walk back to the computer and check. Walk back. <laughs> it's it's because there would be stuff popping up, like an email from like uh, someone on a you know like a games media site, and they'd be like, "Hey, do you want to do an interview?" And the sooner we can get that to them, the, the better chance it has of getting published and helping the project. You know, like I, I didn't feel like any email should wait even a second. I just wanted to pounce on it. Right. Um, but, yeah. Okay, that's the bad. The good is that it was a, a huge success, and uh, it was uh, 180% funded. It really showed us that we've got a solid fan base who are there to support us with, with their wallets and their time, and it it, it feels really good. It's, it's really awesome.
1: Yeah, it was a great experience overall. I mean, obviously, it was very stressful and a lot of work and all that stuff, but um, I think it's very beneficial for us overall, and, and I'm glad we did it. Yeah, and thank you to all of our backers. I hope we've said it more than you want to hear, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Uh, it's it really means a lot to us. Um, so yesterday we did our live stream uh, on Twitch TV from 10:30 a.m. PST until 12:30, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, there's a really good turnout actually. I I told myself internally I was like I hope I hope 20 people show up. I, I will be happy with that. I thought that was like a, a good number to shoot for, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, at most, we had 27 people um, watching and uh, probably a little bit over half of them actually in the chat and uh, engaging with us. And, and that was really cool. So I, I felt like that was a big success.
1: Yeah, that was great. It was really fun to see people kind of come out and interact. And uh, we did a kind of a live challenge where Matt played through Crypt Run and then sent me a challenge. And then I played through and was streaming it. And I lost, of course. <laughs>
0: that's the second time that's happened. I, know.
1: I love it. And then we also had some other people in the chat who played to the same challenge and, and actually beat you, so that was cool. Yeah,
0: that that wasn't as cool.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm <laughs>
0: kidding. That was that was super cool.
1: You can't be the best at your own game.
0: No, you can't. You really not, can't. Not forever. Um, I will put a link to the live stream in the show notes, and we're we're pretty new to Twitch. I don't know exactly how that works. Like, they, they'll send us an email after a live stream, and they'll be like, "You should edit this and do something," but I can't quite figure that out but i think the way it works is the whole two-hour live stream is just up on twitch and you can just watch it so go go do it if that interests you it's kind of like a a bonus lost cast sort of
1: (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah it was a fun event it was interesting we're not used to doing live stuff so it's actually something we want to do more of um, we might be doing some kind of live development events uh, over the course of the development of this game as well, hopefully.
0: Yeah, so we're, we've been looking for features that we have to get done that would be good candidates for something that might be interesting to watch. You know, like, <laughs> so there are some tasks where it's like, hey, you want to watch me uh, refactor 100 lines of, like... You know, that's not... I don't know. That might obviously would interest some people like, like me, actually. That kind of interests me. But in general, we're trying to focus on stuff that we could live stream that might be kind of cool to watch like uh boss design or like getting some new art into the game and and that kind of stuff
1: yeah i'm kind of thinking that like you know new features to like adding keys and doors would be kind of fun something that kind of builds upon the existing framework that is just it's a little bit of art a little bit of scripting uh maybe it gets into the architecture just a little bit but nothing where you have to slog through like you know really hardcore amount of javascript
0: yeah, and a lot of it is about understanding, too, because like, if you're a programmer, you know that in order to really grok what's going on, you need to have kind of like an o- like your own interpreter in your brain. And so if you don't have a good understanding of what all the rest of the code does, it's really hard to understand what's happening on the surface. So watching, you know, watching like deep architecture or, so- or something might be just kind of like, uh, you can't thoroughly enjoy it because there's not enough context, right? Right. But something on the surface, like, hey, we just added bombs to the game, or like, you know, here's a new boss you can play, like, that's that's right there on the surface, easy to understand, like, I don't know, hopefully fun to play and witness.
1: And I think that the scripting stuff is a little easier to understand, too, because it's kind of isolated, right? It builds right. upon this API, and you can kind of understand that this API abstracts a lot of the magic. Right. So a boss, a boss script might say, like, oh, move to this location, or throw a projectile at the player. Right. Right. And You don't really uh, need to know exactly how that's implemented.
0: I think an- I was just thinking about this actually. Another really good candidate for live streaming would be the um, all the artwork I'm going to have to do for the uh, the hundred dollar backer reward. Oh, interesting. Uh, so basically, if you're not familiar, um, if you backed Crypt Run for a hundred dollars, you let's see, uh, I will draw a picture of you and put it in the in-game museum. And we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like a dozen of those. And I think that each one will probably take probably about 30 minutes to an hour, is what we estimated. So that might be a fun thing, is like just one by one, kind of get the picture, put it up there, live stream it. And I don't know, that sounds kind of neat.
1: That does sound fun. You can kind of talk it out. It's like, oh, here's how I'm going to approach this person's picture or whatever.
0: Yeah, that'd probably be really fun for that person, at least I hope. i'm looking forward to doing my buddy dave's uh because i think i'm going to do him as a viking unless he has specific requests or something but
1: nice that sounds fun i actually saw something he was speaking at some conference they did a viking mock-up of him
0: oh yeah that's that's why i thought of that i thought that was very appropriate oh (laughs) it's like he is he's like a modern he's like a viking that was born in the uh the wrong uh era (laughs) (laughs) like he should have been born like i don't know when when did vikings when were they a thing was that like 1200s
1: just whatever (laughs) And my ignorance
0: <laughs> keeps getting exposed on Lostcast. I gotta, I gotta do better to hide my ignorance.
1: I didn't do very well in history. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the
0: uh, Lostcast will be used uh, as a, uh, a Crypton dev diary for the next, at least for the next two and a half months, while we're working on Crypton, and Trying we're gonna to try be. to do, uh, try to do one, one every week, and maybe post videos and stuff as well.
1: Yeah, we're going to hopefully go over all the stuff that's happened um, during the week and what our plans for the next week are and talk about the new alpha build that's going to go out each week. Um, so there should be a lot to talk about dev diary-wise. Right. Um, so hopefully that'll be interesting. Um, this week uh, we can start off by talking about some of the interesting stuff that we've been working on uh, with regards to Cryptrun. Yep. So uh, one thing that I've been tackling is some server-side stuff because... Um, we've always kind of wanted to get some multiplayer aspects into our game. Um, and there's been, you know, a lot of barriers to that just because it's an enormous amount of work and it requires having a server in most cases. And so the Challenge of friend feature was really our first foray into kind of making our game more social, right? Um, and that was actually a great feature because it didn't really rely on any kind of server. All you had to do was send a link to someone else and they could play the same uh, dungeon that you just played. And that was... A really great first step. But I think that uh, really we want to go down a road where there's some kind of like persistent leaderboard or something where um, you can actually see your progress against other people, not just at the end of a run.
0: I think you talked about the actual implementation in a prior loss cast, didn't you? Of how the random number generator works? Or yeah, no? I
1: believe I did. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, so just a quick refresher. It's it's basically a seeded pseudo random number generator in JavaScript. And so, let's say I play through Crypt Run, uh, it'll it'll store my seed in the challenge URL that you'll send a friend. So you, that's how you both get exactly the same game without sending like tons of game data and having to have a server that has that stores the
1: data and all that. Right. Um, but we do want to actually have some server involvement, and just so we can power some in, more interesting features like leaderboards or something. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I've been working on is is Twitter OAuth. Um, in our games, because one, Matt and I are big Twitter users, and their authentication API is actually really, really simple. Um, so, if you're not familiar with uh, OAuth,
0: it's it's basically, like, if you've ever signed in to a website through Twitter, that's that's what that is. You'll say, like, log in with Twitter, and then it takes you back to Twitter, and Twitter will say, like, do you want to give this application access to these parts of your profile? And you'll be like, yeah, and then you're logged in. And there you go.
1: Right, But just FYI. Um, so I've actually started implementing that um, uh, in our games, and so far it's just it allows you to sign in, um, and then we like you know store a cookie in your session, and we know who you are, and then we can uh, basically send high score requests to our leaderboard uh, using your Twitter ID, and then we'll show your Twitter username and your avatar on the leaderboard or something. And the reason we chose to do that is because you know years and years of web development has taught taught us that rolling your own user authentication system is a bad idea. <laughs> it's it's not just that. It's like, it's not fun
0: for us. Like some people I know, cause I, I, I personally know people like this. They're like, Oh man, I really want to roll out this new authentication system. It sounds so slick. And, and yeah. I get it. And I I, I, I was there at one point in my life. Right. But, but these days, like I've done that, I don't know, three to five times in my career as a web developer, like the authentication stuff. I'm sick of it. I hate it. It's awful. <laughs> not my doesn't float my boat you know uh
1: i kind of get into it but at the same time i also realize that it takes a lot of work to get right and like for me it's mostly i don't want to be on the hook for user security i want to defer that to somebody else like i want twitter to take care of making sure that they store your password in the correct format and they're not emailing it to you and their database isn't getting hacked and like whatever else you know if if our database gets hacked all you see is twitter user ids and scores like, who cares?
0: One of my first experiences ever was I wrote a, uh, a complete user authentication system, including a forum and everything, private messages, like the whole lot. For uh, my very first website ever, was called Palette Swap. back in the day. It was just like a little gaming thing. The overall concept for it was you could log in and you could, you know, just contribute to the forums and stuff. And There's reviews and whatever. It was just like feature creep everywhere, you know. But the <laughs> primary thing was you can upload graphics for a game you can upload code for a game and you can upload audio files for a game so it was kind of supposed to be this collaborative software but like <laughs> i don't know if like if i made that software today it would be stupidly simple and it, you know what i mean but like back then it was just this crazy like i don't know back in like the late 90s that's how websites were they were like yeah we do everything news reviews like a directory a roadmap sitemap <laughs> like uh What are those called? Oh, the the rings, like the blog ring, like. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I uh, I just remember that like there was a never-ending request from users about like like why can't I edit my profile? Why can't I? Or I forgot my password, or like just there's always one more thing that a user wants when it comes to authentication, and like just keeping up with that is is what I think just makes me not want to touch it with a ten-foot pole, you know.
1: I'm in the same boat, yeah. It's, like, all the maintenance and security around it. Like, the actual coding of a user authentication system is not super dull. It sounds kind of fun to me. But, yeah, the maintenance around such a feature is (laughs) extremely unfun.
0: I think the only thing that I miss about it was it it was really cool when you see, like, you are now logged in as blah. And you're, like, cool. And you hit log out. And it's, like you are now logged out. And it's like, that's sweet. Like, it recognizes me. You know, it's like the computer knows I exist. That's cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anything past that, and I was just like, uh <laughs> It's like getting to, a, like, a functional prototype in a game. I'm like, yay, it's playable. Can I be done forever now? It's like, no, that's, no. <laughs> You've only just begun. Yeah. Well,
1: Great. now we have that exact same feeling um, in Jin, and uh, it only took a few hours of work with Twitter yep. and OAuth. And no and JS.
0: Oddly, right now, if you go to cryptrun.lostdecadegames.com, you can play CryptRun logged in as yourself for no reason.
1: Right, but eventually, <laughs> uh, we will use that login data to submit scores on your behalf uh, as that as that login.
0: Yeah, it's all about first steps. Like we it took us forever to learn that too, as uh, in our web dev careers. But like that's that is the first step. You're logged in. Like what can you do with it? Nothing. <laughs> but that's the first step. <laughs>
1: There you are. We know who you are. We display your avatar. Yep. We know your name. It's good. It's a, it's,
0: it's a good hello world, right. for that for that feature. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that because uh, I'm kind of a competitive person and I like roguelikes a lot. Like I, I'm, it just it beats me up that I can't con- tr- I can't compete in the uh, the Splunky Daily Challenge. My uh, my PC that I had in my family room just died. It's giving me those crazy hardware errors where it's basically just like. I'm dead. <laughs> Get rid of me, <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, so, yeah, and Spelunky is... Uh, I've been playing it on my Xbox just to, you know, kind of relax myself and stuff, but uh, you can't contribute to the Daily Challenge on Xbox. That makes me sad.
1: It's it's pretty fun. I don't know. I, I have a couple complaints about it. Um. Really?
0: I'm I'm desperate for information. It, so if you're not familiar, uh, Spelunky is a game that Jeff and I both just warship i don't know it's it's crazy good we like it a lot and uh it came out in xbla about a year ago and now it's on steam so it's finding like new legs and a new audience and it launched with this uh daily challenge feature which is basically um you log in to spelunky you play through a game and then it puts you on like a permanent leaderboard for that day and it sounds really interesting and i would love to contribute to that but i don't have a pc and i can't afford one so Jeff, I have to get my information from you. <laughs> so anyway, that's what it is. Uh, please tell me more about it.
1: Well, the interesting thing about it is that uh, you get one shot per day, and then you're done. So you can only submit one score. Right. And the score, as far as I can tell, is completely based on the amount of gold <clears throat> Excuse me, that you accumulated during that run. Which and is so, kind of
0: a weird metric. If you're not familiar with Spelunky, there's so many different ways you can be good at that game. For example, your girlfriend, Melissa, plays it a lot, and she's getting really good. And her the way she plays is she collects every little piece of gold she can find. And right. the way that I play Spelunky is uh, I usually don't give... Uh, that's G-rated. I don't care about the gold because uh, I usually kill the shopkeepers, and they're really the only reason you need gold in-game. Right. And so it's just, it's all about your strategy and your style of gameplay. But anyway, that's why it's kind of an odd choice that it's gold, right?
1: It is. It's kind of an odd choice. And so you get people, like, it basically emphasizes the kind of gameplay where you kite the ghost around into the gold as much as possible. So it's like almost like every single daily challenge you're going for that 500,000 gold achievement.
0: Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Spelunky, um, there's a ghost that appears in a level if you're kind of taking your time and and you take too long like it's it's a soft limit you only get two or three minutes per level before this ghost comes after you and you you can't avoid him you really just have to run or i mean you have to avoid him like he he basically just makes a beeline for you and so you can kite him around the level a little bit and there's this uh, little known trait of the game is if you kite the ghost through a big gem it increases the value of that gem by like tenfold or something so that's like that's the key that's just that's the secret in the game to getting lots and lots of money and it's not really fun to do because like there's an achievement in the game for getting a crazy amount of gold and the the only way to do it is by kiting the ghost and so when i was getting that achievement the gameplay involved a lot of kind of waiting for the timer to go and for the ghost to appear and then waiting for the slow ghost to follow me and be where i wanted him to be and then waiting for him to leave that area so i could go back and pick up the gold that he made more valuable and it's it's a little dull, man. It's not that entertaining, and so if that's what the daily challenge is optimized for, that's kind of lame, right?
1: And that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, is that uh, like the, the idea of the daily challenge is really great, but like the implementation of that one metric being the sole decider of your place on the leaderboard emphasizes one specific kind of gameplay.
0: And that particular gameplay isn't isn't all that fun.
1: And to us, I mean, it could be more fun to other people, but like it's not really how i prefer to play the game i would much rather see it based on like time or how far you got and things like that what about like how much of the
0: world that you explored or like uh maybe things that you kill are worth certain amounts of points and shopkeepers are worth a ton like i would love that because i just just based on the way that i play the game i've gotten quite good at um, shopkeepers and i bet most people haven't you know that'd be a great way for me to compete is if shopkeepers were worth a lot of points
1: Or if maybe there's a different goal every day, right? Like, today's goal is who can get the most gold. Tomorrow's goal is who can kill the most shopkeepers.
0: You know, when I first heard about the daily challenge, what I thought it would be is a... um, Because the the challenge word in this context, it actually just means you're being challenged by other people. Like, the challenge is static, right? And what I thought it would mean is that there's a new daily challenge. And the challenge might be, like, uh, get the key and bring it to the ice dungeon. And it's like, how many people can do that, and who does it the best? And that's what the daily challenge is. And the second, the next challenge would be like, you know, find a machete and bring it to the temple, right? Like I thought it would be just, you know, pick A and take it to B as the random. Yeah, that's what I thought the random generator stuff would be. So maybe since they didn't do that, we'll try that. (laughs) But uh, anyway, I keep interrupting you. You're trying to talk about this feature.
1: Oh, anyways, I I guess so. The the whole point is that. It's a really interesting feature that adds some kind of social context to the game, but I feel like it could have been done a lot better. Right. Um, And it's actually kind of interesting because we have kind of a similar problem with our current Challenge of Friend feature Mm -hmm. uh, in that our metrics aren't – they don't reward the right kind of gameplay. They don't reward the kind of gameplay that we want to reward uh, because we're actually doing something similar where we're scoring you based on gold, how many rooms um, you've explored, and how many monsters you've killed – and the problem with those metrics is that they encourage grinding, right? They encourage you to yeah. stay in the dungeon for as long as possible, get as much gold, you know, see ramp every up single as many room, monsters. yeah, yeah, totally like,
0: like uh, pull pull all the zombies that you can out of graves, which that's probably not the most fun gameplay.
1: It encourages you not to spend gold because the way that the gold is calculated right now, it's how much gold did you have at the end of the game, and so if you spend any of that gold at shops, getting better items, then you have less of a gold score.
0: Yeah, and that feels wrong because it's it's fun to collect gold and it's fun to purchase stuff with that gold. You know, like We should
1: uh, encourage that. Right, and so I think that we're going to change some of the metrics uh, of our challenge to be more in line with how we want people to play the game. Yeah. Or at least reward the things that we... I mean, you, you can still play the game by exploring every room and getting as much gold as you want, and maybe that'll contribute to your score. Uh, but we really want, you know, did you complete the dungeon? How fast I- did you complete the dungeon? I would love it if, so you know how your
0: girlfriend Melissa's strategy is to get all the money in the world, and my strategy is quite different. That'd be cool if we could still compete, you know, with those different strategies because of the, I guess the downside is you'd have to have this kind of elegant, like, system of weighing the different accomplishments that each person had in their playthrough. But that'd be kind of cool, is if even different strategies can totally compete against each other for score.
1: Yeah, the balancing would be kind of tricky, but I don't know if it's not doable, you know? I think yeah. it's just, you know, you have a big bonus for completing the game at all, right. and then you have a big bonus for, or some kind of bonus for how long it took you. But right. then you also have bonuses, smaller bonuses, for how many monsters you killed. So if you kill an obscene amount of monsters and get an obscene amount of gold, you know, maybe that brings, like, it offsets the time that you took. Right. Or something. Yeah.
0: That'll be interesting. Um, that'll be kind of a work in progress for a bit, but uh, that could that could be really big because we haven't really had a multiplayer game yet. And uh, multiplayer is really how a game spreads. I mean, what's more powerful than you've never heard of a game before in your life. And then a friend of yours who you really respect is like, here's a challenge. Go, go play this. You know, like that's powerful.
1: It is powerful. And I really like our challenge a friend feature, but I think it needs a little more, you know, that's yeah. where this leaderboards idea is coming from is that I think we want some way you know, of having a little bit of persistence so that someone can say, like, I'm the best at this at this yeah. thing. And, like, uh, that just has a little more weight than, like, oh, I s- sent my friend a URL and he said he didn't beat me. Or he said I, he beat me. Maybe he didn't. Like, who knows?
0: Yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see a Crypt Run leaderboard where it's, like, maybe it's a daily thing or whatever. But anyway, I, it's, it uses Twitter and it links off to your Twitter handle so it's clear who's who, right? Right. And I, I want to I get my name up there. I want to be, like... I want to challenge people. I want to be like, I'm first place right now. Beat that, beat that, chumps. Try it, right. you know. And I'm sure someone will, but that'd be super cool.
1: And it's kind of a more persistent challenge, right? Like you're saying, here's my score. I'm up here. I'm number one. Like, see if you can dethrone me. And so it's uh, it scales better than sending a daily challenge or not a daily challenge, but sending a, a challenge request to all of your friends. Yeah.
0: So that'll be cool. Um, and one of these days we'll have an original idea that isn't just trying to mimic um, Spelunky <laughs> someday.
1: <laughs> well, we're not really trying to mimic. I think we're trying to take what they've done and, and adapt it to our own game, which is different, and also improve it in ways that we think would make the future better.
0: Yeah, I just... Uh, I'm aware that we're incredibly inspired by Spelunky, and, like, I mean, so much of Crypt Run's design is just... Um, I mean, it is. It's Zelda meets Spelunky, and... Um, you know, I don't know, we just, we love it and we look at it for inspiration a lot. It's not a bad thing. It's just, I don't know. Someday I want to be, I want to have a really original idea, you know? I, I guess everybody wants that.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think that in the game design world, there's really nothing wrong with taking bits and pieces from other game designs and remixing them in your own way.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: I mean, that, that happens so often and... I, I personally don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that's that's been the basis for many, many, many games. Yeah. You know, there was an interesting article on Gamma Sutra recently about that, you know, and it's like, what, uh, it kind of comes down to communication, right? Like, what's the easiest way to describe a game to somebody is it's like X with Y. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, that's like, true.
1: It's like Metroid meets Fez or something, right? Like, I don't know.
0: Oh, I would play that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I played Fez, but I couldn't get into it because I'm not really an exploratory type of person. I, I want to totally, kill things. I want to. Oh, I want combat. I want something more. I, I want the. Uh, I want the chance to demonstrate my skill. That's what it is. I think. And right. with Fez, like what, I I didn't feel like I could demonstrate my skill. I I felt like I could probably explore everything if I was very patient. But yeah, I want combat. I want I want to be continually challenged and I want to be able to be like, yes, I did it. Look how good I am, you
1: know? In your face.
0: Yeah, that, that's what really what I was craving. Like, I would love it if... Uh, that sounds perfect to me. Nintendo was like, yeah, we're going to make a new Metroid game and it plays exactly like Fez with the whole like 2D, 3D rotation thing. But otherwise, other than that, it's just a Metroid game. I would just... Ah, I'd faint.
1: <laughs> the
0: gaming bliss.
1: But <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So I, I think that um, we'd like to explore some kind of leaderboard mechanic for Krypton, and it's a procedurally generated game. So, you know, the interesting part there is how do you tie procedural generation to a persistent leaderboard? And, and one of the ways to do that is by making sure that everybody has the same seed for right. a given for a given challenge. But I'd like to see us kind of take it one step farther and adapt to our own game in a way that that makes sense um, and doesn't just reward gold whoring. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and so one of the things that we're actually using to accomplish this is uh, is Node.js on the server side and uh, Redis, at least in my initial prototypes, uh, messing around with Redis as a, as a backing store for the leaderboards. Um, so so my,
0: question my question would be, um, uh, I've been, been hearing, hear, hearing a lot about CouchDB Couch as a good companion for Node. So why I did you choose, choose Redis over something else like CouchDB?
1: Uh, a couple reasons. One, uh, Redis is actually al- also another very good pairing for, for Node.js. Um, a lot of the, every time I've been to like a Node event uh, where there was persistence involved, uh, it was always Redis, hmm. usually. Um, Redis is kind of like an in-memory database, but they can also dump to a file. Um, so it's like extremely fast. And it's like a key-value store, so it's really simple to implement. Like, there's no schemas. I think Couch is actually like you know the NoSQL style of database, so I think that it's kind of schemaless too. But uh, I personally don't know too much about CouchDB at this point. Um, So really, uh, Redis I went with because one I had set it up before, and I knew how to work with it inside of Node. I knew that it was fast, and I knew that it was extremely simple to deal with uh, from a data management perspective. Nice, Uh, because it is just like it's almost like dealing with local storage. Set, right. set and get, set this Ooh. key, get this key.
0: I like that. It's like very clear. clear.
1: Yeah, it's very clear, um, and it does have some persistence. Um, you know, and and for this kind of an application, um, I think that it's okay because you know leaderboards in general aren't the most sensitive data, and so if there is a problem with persistence, it's not the end of the world. Um, hopefully, that won't be the case. Um, mm-hmm. But really, this is kind of just my first attempt at persistence. You know, leaderboard persistence in JavaScript. Yeah. Um, another reason is that I actually found this great little library uh, called Leaderboard um, that actually does just use Redis as the backing store for uh, for the leaderboards, and it kind of just gives you a nice leaderboard-esque functionality uh, with a nice API wrapped around it. i, I can give you a link a, for the show notes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So look for it there.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyways, I think that, that stuff is all very cool, and I'm having fun messing around with that lately.
0: I'm so glad that you do that because it's one of those things that's kind of always in the back of my mind. Like, <laughs> the, the, the old web dev in me is like, hey, Matt, you know, it would be really easy. <laughs> just set up a server real quick. Come on. It'll take, take one weekend or one evening. And I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. I got to focus on the game, you know? So well, I, I'm, I I'm glad it that you do that. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your voice speaks louder than mine, your, your inner web dev.
1: Yes, well, I don't know. I really, I really enjoy Node.js actually uh, quite a bit, and uh, I've been having a lot of fun just messing around with this stuff. And getting the Twitter OAuth was really easy, uh, so it's kind of been very encouraging to kind of get this stuff taken care of.
0: Cool. I'm really so, excited about that stuff. I think it could be, uh, <coughs> I think it could be huge for Cryptrun, Seriously.
1: Yeah. So I mean, back to the, the the whole point of the conversation is that we really want to add some more social fabric to uh, to Crypt Run. And uh, I think this is one of the ways that it's kind of a low-hanging fruit for us to kind of set up a really simple leaderboard server and we'll kind of have some kind of like uh, high-score table based on a certain seed. And the actual implementation of how we expose that to the player isn't quite fleshed out yet, but we'll have something where you can you know, compete with other players against the exact same dungeon seed and we'll rank you and it'll be awesome. And you will have online bragging rights that's right you can point to the leaderboard and say look I'm number one
0: and I plan on keeping pressure on that list I do not want it to be easy for someone to come in and be like yeah I beat the developers they suck right. <laughs> I want that to be I want that to be hard and then I want people to like rub it in our faces and they'll be like yes I pwned you it's your own game you suck
1: well, it's all, yeah it's a little more um, you know a little more brag worthy when you're like this guy who made the game and plays it you know eight hours a day I beat him <laughs>
0: and I don't even like this stupid game <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a stupid stupid game
0: so that's a pretty good segue into what are we going to do with the CryptRun demo because we're in kind of a weird spot right now um, we have a demo that's already an older version online right now and it's exactly the same game that we have uh, our, that, that we're building to, for desktop and stuff uh, that's a little weird Because it's like, well, why would I pay for this? I can just go play it. The exact same thing right here in the browser, right? Um, And then we also have a relatively large list of people who are signed up for weekly alpha access. And that had better be worth, that had better have some value because people paid extra to get it. And thank you for that. So it seems like uh, we're going to be doing weekly builds, but we're going to keep the demo, like, what are we going to do with the demo, basically? We just need to have that conversation.
1: I think, so here's my plan with the demo, is that uh, we'll kind of patch it up so that it points to all the right places. Right now, it kind of upsells people to Kickstarter, but we should make it upsell them to the pre-order page for our Humble Store widgets. Yep. Um, and then I, I think we should just leave it as is, and it doesn't get any more actual functional or content updates. Okay. Um, and we keep that as reserved for the people who have actually you know, paid us for alpha access. Right. And then so the only way to get... The current development version of the game is by, you know, being an early alpha backer uh, or by purchasing the early alpha access Humble Store package.
0: Which, even if you buy that, um, the Kickstarter backers still get a little bit more. They get the um, uh, silver sponsor credit.
1: Right, yeah. So, the, the Humble Store widget won't get you some of the other Kickstarter rewards, but it will get you, you know, basically early access to the game.
0: Yeah. Oh, it also doesn't get you Lava Blade. But right. th- it does get you the, the original soundtrack. So it's it's good, but not as good as Kickstarter. FYI.
1: So uh, I guess that kind of also comes back to the <laughs> main point, is that we'll be using Humble Store to distribute your Kickstarter rewards uh, for digital copies of the game, for Krypton and Lava Blade. Right. Um, so each week we'll be updating the Humble Store uh, with a new build. Uh, of the game and then theoretically all you should have to do is go to your humble store page and download the latest version of the game each week we'll send out an email blast of course um, and we'll talk about it in the podcast about the changes we made and the new version and so on and so forth so what about the
0: the daily challenge or the the leaderboard feature is um so a is are people who play the demo going to be able to compete and b is that going to work with the desktop Binaries.
1: Um, I think it should. Really, the only barrier to, the, to working with the desktop binaries is making sure that the Twitter OAuth flow works uh, with, from within a Node WebKit window, and it should, uh, because really Node WebKit is just WebKit. Right. Um, but I have to make sure there's no weirdness with like you know being able to link off to other weird places and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, that could be. Yeah i mean i guess it's not that big of a deal right if you can <laughs> i mean you think you're theoretically like when you're on the twitter oauth window you could click the twitter logo and get to the twitter homepage, and then get to someone's timeline and click on all manner of links and get anywhere in the world <laughs> right so that might be weird like you're in the CryptRun app but you're browsing the net right that's weird so it's kind of weird but i don't know who knows yeah hmm. interesting <laughs> I don't know that it's uh, something we really need to prevent or care about so much.
0: That's true, yeah. It's a super edge case, and it's like, yeah, Broke, you clicked away. I mean, Right.
1: And on. so if you, if you want to get back, you just close the window and open it again, and you'll be fine. Yeah. So, uh,
0: so it sounds like it'll work with the desktop version, and are we going to allow demo people to play it as well? Or compete, uh, contribute to the leaderboard, I should say.
1: I don't know. I mean, obviously... On release, we might want that. For the alpha, I'm not quite sure. We'll have to see. I mean, this feature really isn't even done yet, so I think that first and foremost, it should only go out to alpha backers until we actually know that the feature works. Right. And then at some point, we might kind of backport that to the web demo and see uh, and kind of use it as a marketing tool. I think that would be one of the few features that we would actually backport to the live demo before the game is released um, just because it is a nice viral hook.
0: Oh, that's right. We were talking about maybe, like, if you're playing the demo, you can still contribute to the leaderboards, but you're cut off after the cemetery level since it's just a demo. And so the score you could get would always be limited. It's like you you might play better than someone who died in the cemetery, but you're not going to play better than anybody who got to the sewer
1: or the crypt. Right. That, that could be interesting. Yeah, we'll have to see what works best with that flow. Alternatively, we could just have a demo leaderboard. You know, where I'm number oh, yeah. one on the demo and That's you're, true. you know, number one on, on the full coin. And that unquote, can be pretty version. big because you're like,
0: hey, I'm number one on the demo. And it's like, well, i want going to go play with the big boys. <laughs> Pay That's <up."> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we should also talk about, so we put a Cryptron demo up on Congregate and Newgrounds. Right.
1: And we don't really know what to do with those either. Well, the congregate demo, I think we should just leave as is because it's really just an iframe to the web demo. So whatever we do with the web demo will be reflected on the congregate demo.
0: So that's really just free traffic.
1: Really, it of. is. It's just, yeah, it's an iframe to our own site where we can update it as often as we want. And it's the same experience. It's just within a congregate window. Right. Um, so I think it's fine just to leave that up there. Also, for my investigation, Congregate doesn't really allow you to remove games, so I don't know. If there's any much we could do about it, anyway. We just replace Crypton with a
0: ad for Viagra. Yeah, I'm sure they would love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, five stars worked great. Right. Thanks, thanks, Lost Decade. <laughs> um, so Congre- or no, uh, Newgrounds is a little different because you actually upload a zip file for your HTML5 game. And so, we should at the very least update that to instead of ups, uh, upselling to Kickstarter, it should upsell to the pre-sales, pre-orders.
1: Yeah.
0: It's pre-order, right? What, what's more common these days? Pre-sale, pre-order? Pre-order. Pre-order, okay. Pre-purchase?
1: That's what I call it. Pre-order.
0: Pre-order, okay. That seems good. Uh, um, so, yeah, I guess I guess we'll just do that then. We'll just update... The Newgrounds game.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a plan.
0: <laughs> cool. You sound very confident. I don't really know what to do with that. I don't know, man. All, all the marketing stuff... Uh, I think what, what jarred me was... Uh, we were talking with a, uh, a marketing guy we met at Casual Connect, and what he said in an email was that uh, having a demo available for your game before... or He just said having a demo available can hurt sales. And I was like, what? What?" Like, that contradicts a lot of what I've heard. So, I don't know. Mm. But, I mean, that can't be, right? I mean, so many games provide demos. Like, wouldn't you want to play it first?
1: Perhaps? Maybe he means, like, as an alpha? I don't know.
0: Hmm. I just, I, I sometimes feel like we're shooting ourselves in the foot by doing something stupid. Like, I don't know, putting the game out there too early or not putting out there enough or, I don't know. We're probably shooting ourselves in the foot a lot. We don't even know it. Our feet are numb. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're I'm numb sure. like bloody little stumps. <laughs> we have machine guns pointing at the ground we're like, what? Oh, yeah, I got no feet. How about that? Anyway, I'm I'm really rambly today. This has been a ramble cast.
1: <laughs> well, it's, we're kind of punch drunk after a month-long Kickstarter campaign, so. Yeah. We're kind of, this week is like kind of uh, regrouping and figuring out what we're focusing on now in terms of gameplay design and, and getting all of our ducks in a row with backer distribution and all that other stuff. So
0: yeah, going to be a busy week. Um, and I think the next big thing we're going to work on is we're going to finish the realm of the dead.
1: Yes. That's going to be one of our big focuses for the next uh, couple weeks is really fleshing that, that part of the game out and deciding, you know, exactly what features we want in there and how it's going to work Uh, And how it's going to be integrated into the rest of the game and the overlaps between Realm of the Light and Realm of the Dead.
0: So we have kind of a new approach. Uh, If you've played the game previously, you probably saw that when you die, you go into the Realm of the Dead and it's very white. And it has basically three different types of monsters in it. There's flaming skulls, there's skeletons who throw bones at you, and there's these black shades and we've kind of pivoted away from that, and now what we're looking at is there's basically going to be like dead or ghost versions of the normal monsters you'd see in that dungeon. So we added like a ghost version of an owl, and a bat, and a werewolf, and zombies. Zombie. Yeah.
1: And the reason I like this approach is because it's actually going to build on the player's previous knowledge of the monsters. Right. So when you go into the realm of the dead in the cemetery, you're going to be fighting very similar enemies, but they're going to be harder. They're going to have extra behavior um, they might shoot projectiles they are going to have more health. They're going to be faster, um, but they'll have a, a foundation that you can predict a little bit. Right. So they're just going to be like realm of the light monsters plus plus.
0: Yeah. So I think that's the next big thing for the realm of the dead is it needs to start to feel very fleshed out and very like it needs to feel like it has as much content as the rest of the game. And then once it's its own thing and it feels good we'll start to do more interesting things with it and then start to interweave it with the other realm right but yeah we've got there's a lot of there's a lot of work there that needs to be done
1: one of the other ideas we had for the realm of the dead was to uh, make it so that there's this kind of um, colored system where certain projectiles are colored in a certain way and um, if you ever played like a what's that game where you're like switching between black and white uh,
0: it's a shoot up right? Yeah. Is it Vorpal?
1: I don't remember. I but the basic gist of it is, is that you can turn yourself white or black, and when you're black, you don't want to get hit by white and vice versa. And so we might try uh, adding something like that to the Realm of the Dead, um, where there's, like, three different colors of projectiles, and you're a certain color. And the way you switch weapons in the Realm of the Dead is by uh, becoming a different color, like red, blue, or green or something. Yeah. That's one of the ideas that we have.
0: Yeah, we thought that'd be kind of cool because the Realm of the Dead is very, like, white and bright and lacks color. And so we thought it'd be interesting to make color uh, very important. You know, like, if something's red, that has a lot of meaning to it. As opposed to the Realm of the Light, where something might be black or red or green or whatever. And, and it's, it's mostly just uh, aesthetics. Like, it doesn't really imply anything about that monster's properties or behavior or anything but we were thinking about making it making color very important in the realm of the dead
1: Right, uh, we're also going to add a bunch of items and stuff and and weapons and things like that weapon upgrades that the realm of the dead doesn't have right now right um, we did recently add the ability to resurrect from the realm of the dead back to the realm of the living via uh, these kind of dark symbols on the ground I learned a new word when you did that, pentacle.
0: Pentacle, yes. I've heard of um, pentagram and tentacle, but never (laughs) pentacle.
1: Well, pentagram is kind of very specific to a star. Right. Uh, Pentacle is more of just a generic term for like a talisman or a symbol. It doesn't necessarily have to be a star or anything. It could just be some magical symbol.
0: I also learned the word reticle, a very similar similar word, uh, back in 2010 when you first introduced it to Onslaught Arena.
1: Reticle is a good word, too.
0: They're very useful words that I wasn't aware of. Man, yes. like once again, my ignorance is being way too exposed on this show. I knew those <laughs> words. I'm so smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walking dictionary right here. Sigh. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the Wii U backers for Crypt Run. All right. So, here's some context. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess, we became uh, officially authorized Nintendo Wii U developers, which we're really excited about. I think we mentioned that on the show. Several times, probably. But Yeah, probably. <laughs> I walk around. I just tell it to strangers. Hey, how you doing? I'm a Nintendo developer. And they're like, who are you? Don't talk to me.
1: <laughs> like, leave me alone. <laughs> um,
0: so, we... We've been kind of flying blind trying to figure out how we can actually get it on Wii U, and like it's theoretically impossible for us to do it at the moment. Like, there's so much in the way with regards to like we have to get a dev kit and we have to develop on it and we have to spend a lot of time with it and we have to get it to work with their framework and blah 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 blah. And we just don't know how long and what and why and what. So, we put a rough blind estimate of about six weeks on getting it on wii u start to finish and uh we did not meet that stretch goal which was pretty expected uh but that doesn't mean that we're not going to be able to launch it on wii u eventually it just means that it could be a very long time
1: right it kind of depends on you know how long it takes to get the dev kits and get approval and the time to develop it and all that other stuff
0: yeah, a big part of it too is if CryptRun is able to make money uh, while it's in alpha. Like if if it doesn't really pull in any kind of new money during the development period, then we launch it on October thirty first. Uh, we'll basically have spent all of the Kickstarter money, and at that point, we won't have any money left to not work on something else and just focus on CryptRun on Wii U. Right. Right. So it, like it depends a lot on how CryptRun does in the next three months.
1: Yeah, so it does great, we might have the funds, and if it's well-received, you know, we'll have the uh, catalyst to to bring it to another platform. Right. Um, but we'll see how it goes. But, we I mean, in the, in the short term, we're focused on delivering the rewards that we are committed to, which is delivering Cryptron on PC, Mac, and Linux.
0: Yeah. Uh, we also need to figure out what we need to say to the backers, because we have numbers... What are these numbers? <laughs> Some number of, of backers. Let's me look at the $20 tier. So that there's like 10 people right here who have given us 20 bucks, and we need to get them crypto on the Wii U. So we need to tell them something. Like, we can do it. And I, I have a lot of confidence that we'll be able to do it. But, like, if I had to swear by a date, it would be 2015. <laughs> As of this speaking, you know? Right. So, like, like what do, what do we say to them? I want to be like, thank you so much and i'm sorry but you're gonna have to wait a long time
1: well i mean i think we should say that um we're still really interested in bringing it to wii u and if if the money is there then uh we will certainly do it but um you know if we can't make it work we can't make it work because we didn't hit our stretch goal and we messaged that in the kickstarter that the only way that it's getting to we is if we get the stretch I mean, the only way we're committing to we is if we hit the stretch goal
0: yeah doesn't that just feel weird like we we've accepted money from people but we can't give them what i mean i guess it says that it's like we we were selling them the chance to make the game and they bought it and it we aren't able to fulfill it and that was known and stated from the beginning but it still just doesn't feel right to me you know
1: right i mean obviously we would love to bring it to you i mean that would we would like nothing more
0: yeah that's true um Um, the upshot is i think we'll uh, someday you know
1: well, that's the thing, we're Nintendo approved the developers and I think that we can't not develop games for Wii U. <laughs> like it's gonna happen, right? It's gonna happen one way or the other at some point in the future, even if it means working on the side. Yeah. I
0: mean, I'm I'm so itchy right now. Like I, I that's an itch that I that's only gonna get itchier as like as I get a PC and as I download the software for Nintendo and I use it and we get a dev kit, like that's gonna be so itchy, I'm just gonna have to work on it. Yeah. I'll like I'll pick up a you know, I'll I'll flip burgers on the side just to pay for my time to work on <laughs> crypto Ren on Wii U, like whatever it takes.
1: Yeah. So I'm I i do not know. I think it'll get there. We'll we'll be Nintendo developers with a released game at some point, yeah. Why not? So basically I think when I reach out
0: to the Wii U backers I'll just apologize a lot <laughs> and then make promises that are years long. <laughs> That sounds I, like a good plan.
1: Yeah, I have, to, I have that. So you're job. three years down the road when we have it shipped on the way you No. We'll be like, where's our game, Matt?
0: Spare me. <laughs>
1: but oh man. The upshot is that we want to do what's right for those backers and so um, whatever they feel is is fair. The best yeah, it's fair, I think we'll try to accommodate, right? If they want a refund or if they want something extra that we can give them um, you know, we
0: could offer them. I was just thinking, we could offer anyone who bought the Wii U version um, as a condolence for having to wait, like a con- consolation prize. Um, we could tr- uh, offer to give them uh, the $50 reward, which was like you put some text on a cemetery or a tombstone, right, sorry, yeah, yeah. in the cemetery. Yeah, we could do that. That sounds pretty good. That's pretty generous, I hope. Tear.
1: Anyway. I mean, because a lot of them are still getting the other rewards anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we'll see but we want to make people happy is the thing at the end of the day so we will be as flexible as possible with, with regards to that totally totally yeah
0: so that's all we have on the list unless there's anything else you wanted to
1: um, no just once again thanks to everyone who supported us through the Kickstarter it means a whole lot to us uh, we're really happy to be able to work on Cryptrun for the next several months and we're going to ship uh and as awesome a game as we can. Yep. Um, and I, uh, I
0: feel like we uh, should say again a special big thanks to Joe Huckabee, who um, I would say is our is our biggest and longest supporter. In fact, hey. I am I am right now talking into one of Joe's microphones. <laughs> so uh, yeah, big thanks to to Joe and. Um, yeah, definitely don't want to uh, minimize anyone else's contributions because uh, we know that money is is relative to people, and uh, we appreciate it all. It's it all adds up and is totally appreciated.
1: Yep. So yeah, that's Lostcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. Well, we'll we'll go over uh, the weekly alpha build, dev diary stuff. Ooh, that'll be fun. See you next week.
0: do the countdown twice in a row. Uh, I'll start. One, two, three, L, D, G.
1: What was that? (laughs) I don't know. I messed up.